What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, the one and only Mr. 360, Tyler Pacholke, and of course, co-host, producer extraordinaire, Jacob Gonzalez. Before we start the show, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the TSK Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And follow all of us as well at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pacholke, and at Jacob Double Underscore Gonzalez. On this episode of the TSK Show, Jacob and I hold down the fort while Tyler couldn't make it this week. Jacob and I will discuss Markeith Morris signing with the Los Angeles Lakers and the impact he could bring to the team. Jacob also has a little who's who game for me now that both Morris twins are playing in Los Angeles. We'll also talk about Kyrie Irving's injury, which will now keep him out for the remainder of the season as he is set to undergo surgery on his shoulder, while Steph Curry is eyeing March 1st as his return date from a broken left hand. We're also going to share our thoughts on the Milwaukee Bucks and the season they have been having so far this year. To close the show, we'll discuss where the NFL and the NFL Players Association stand as collective bargaining agreement negotiations seem to be at a stalling point. All right, let's start the show. What's going on, Jacob? How you doing, man? Good, man. How are you? Good. It's been a been a long day. We've been we've been together all day. I feel like we have. Damn. <laughs> Almost sounds like the uh, like a marriage contract, almost. Almost. But, uh, no, Jacob's been training me at our job on a new show at the radio station. So if so. you yell at me during this show, it's okay. It's uh... <laughs> I can yell at you during this show, but... No, no, no. Oh, yeah, you could yell at me because you've had enough with me. Yes. Yeah, right? Yes. Hopefully That's I didn't what... talk too much today. No, it was, it was okay. It was, not going to lie, hitting the ground running day one, it was a lot of stuff. No kidding. Well, it's the best way to learn, right? Yeah, no, getting thrown into the fire is definitely the best way to learn. Exactly. But all right, let's jump right into this. I know we've been talking a lot the last couple of weeks about NBA trade deadline, NBA buyout market, and we were talking about if the Lakers were going to make a move. And they did, which I'm I'm glad they did. Because yes. in the beginning, it kind of looks like they were holding out. Yeah, it looked like they were probably going to stand pat and then all of a sudden Markeith Morris was bought out by the Detroit Pistons on Friday which he was one of the people that we mentioned last week was about he? yeah he was I believe he was I don't I don't remember talking about Markeith Morris I don't think he was on that list that I had sent to you somebody on the Pistons then was on that list might have been Langston Galloway or it was it was Galloway but it's funny though because he, then he wasn't on, on our radar before, or Laker fans' radar. No, he wasn't. Uh, obviously, Marcus Morris, his twin brother, was on the Lakers' radar, but he ended up going across to... Across the street. Yes, going to the Clippers. Or, or across the uh, locker room, yeah, down the hall. the hallway. Exactly. But yeah, so Marquise Morris was bought out by the Detroit Pistons on Friday. He ended up signing with the Lakers when he cleared waivers on Sunday. 
So by getting bought out by the Pistons, Morris left $4.3 million, which was the remainder of this season and his 2020 and 2021 salary, next season salary, on the table. So he left a lot, he, a good amount of money on the table because the Lakers ended up using their $1.75 million player, uh, disabled players exemption to sign Markeith Morris. So he, he took a deal. Yeah, but you would rather sign with a contender, though. For sure. I mean, listen. I this, mean, Detroit's a contender in the East. Detroit's not a contender no, in the East. They, well, they could be because the East is very weak. But you'd rather go to the West and at least play for a legit contender. Yeah, Markeith saw the direction that Detroit was going. Obviously, they traded away Andre Drummond. They have gotten rid of a couple other guys. So it... Yeah, they're, they're Detroit's in a full-on rebuilding mode. The writing was on the wall for Morris, and he decided to negotiate a buyout and he signed with the Lakers the disabled players exemption the Lakers received and used to sign Markeith Morris they got that when DeMarcus Cousins tore his ACL in the offseason and it was determined that he was most likely going to miss the rest of the season after signing the minimum deal with the Lakers now coincidentally DeMarcus Cousins was also the player that the Lakers wound up cutting before adding Markeith Morris to the roster. And before we get to Markeith Morris and his fit on the Lakers, I kind of wanted to talk about why Boogie Cousins was ultimately the player the Lakers cut because there was a lot of conversation going on on Twitter and across the internet about, oh, the Lakers should have cut this player instead of Boogie or... Yeah, because for a while it was Troy Daniels that we thought he would be the first odd man out. Troy Daniels, Quinn or Cook. Or Quinn Cook, exactly. Jared or Jared Dudley. Dudley is another one. So, yeah, so... Ultimately, I think it was because... He's inactive. Yeah, Boogie Cousins has yet it's to a, play... It's a smart decision by the Lakers. Yeah, he's yet to play a full a, a game for the Lakers this season, and it made more sense to cut someone who hasn't played a game for you yet because they're injured. Than somebody who's contributing. Right, than someone who's been out there ready to go every night. Which, an, another thing, too, it's like... I hate to say it, but an Achilles injury is completely different than a knee injury, a shoulder injury, whatever it may be. Achilles injuries are, they tend to be see a, a career ending injuries I remember, for the most part. I remember when Kobe Bryant tore his Achilles, he said after the game that a torn Achilles is like the kiss of death for an athlete. Yeah. Go back and look at all the Achilles injuries that athletes have had in the past, and you'll see for the most part. They do not come back the same. No. I believe Dominique Wilkins had an Achilles, but he's different. He was a freak of nature, well, and he came back almost the, even more explosive. No, I, no. Uh, Dominique actually, Wilkins. The complete opposite happened. No, no, no. He he came back fine. It was Isaiah Thomas who tore his Achilles, and then he was completely screwed afterwards. I thought that I thought the same thing happened to Dominique too. No, Dominique was a little bit different of a story. Isaiah Thomas, for sure, though. As soon as he tore his Achilles, he was not the same player. Yeah, and that that usually goes for most athletes that tear their Achilles. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when That's why Boogie does return. But, yeah, that that was the thing is he hasn't played a game for you. He most likely isn't going to be the same player he was before. And also, if you really just come down to it, Boogie is a lot closer to the same position as Morris is than a Troy Daniels or a Quinn Cook and you could say, oh, they could have got rid of Jared Dudley, like we mentioned. But Dudley's been good for the Lakers when he's been out there and when he's been called upon. Yeah, he's a solid locker room guy. And 
it's going back to you already have three big men, essentially. You have Davis, you have McGee, and you have Howard. They went and got Howard because Cousins went down. Right. So, it's it, honestly, it's a smart move that you replace Cousins with Morris. You get a more agile four. Yeah, and listen, DeMarcus Cousins, there was definitely – it was definitely noticeable the impact he had in the locker room because you see how close this Lakers team is – you you see them all going out on the road together. You see them all so happy for each other on the bench when something goes well. And DeMarcus was even talking about it on the All the Smoke podcast about how this team's chemistry is unlike anything he's ever been a part of before on the team. And even though he did get cut, NBA rules still allow him to work out with the Lakers and at the practice facility and get treatment from the team as he's rehabbing he just obviously will no longer be allowed to travel with the team and sit on the bench yeah. with the team. So there's not really much changing about Boogie Cousins' scenario. And you mentioned that, and it's funny because after the reports of him getting cut, there was also reports of both sides having interest of him returning in the offseason. Oh, yeah. I mean, I already saw a video of him at the facility yesterday working out. Yeah, he's not going to leave. Yeah. And, he has a good here in L.A. And that was honestly one of my first thoughts when the news broke that Boogie was going to get cut for Markeith Morris was don't be surprised if the Lakers take a flyer on Boogie again this offseason and sign him to another minimum deal because I don't think there's going to be a huge market for him. See, it's it's tough for teams to take a chance on him, especially so the Lakers, when they did it, they understood that he he was basically going to be a low, a low, um, no, how do I want to put this? He was a low risk at the time, no, high risk, high reward. Yeah. So they got him. Yeah, sorry, I had to piece that together. A high, a high risk, high reward because they got him. They knew he was injured, so they're not going to have him for an extended period of time. But there was the thought that maybe he can come back playoff time. It doesn't seem like he's going to be back at that time. And so well, they, they cut him essentially because, look, we can go out and get a contributor in what they got in Morris and then just shed some fat. Yeah, and there have been a lot of – or there has been a lot of speculation about is Boogie – or was Boogie going to be ready for the playoffs for the Lakers? I don't think he, he was. Return? And, but listen, either way, whether he was or he wasn't, I'd much rather add someone who already has 44 games, now 45, because Markeith Morris made his debut for the Lakers last night. He has 45 games under his belt this season. He's having the best three-point shooting season of his career over somebody who has been injured and is coming off of three major injuries in the last three years. Think about this. Boogie Cousins tore his Achilles, then he tore his calf, and admitted he came back too early with the Warriors on the All the Smoke podcast, and now he's recovering from an ACL tear. So in the last three years, Boogie was traded from the Kings to the Pelicans, tore his Achilles on the Pelicans, rejected a two-year $40 million contract, signs a one-year $5.3 million contract with Golden State, thinking he's got a clean shot to the championship after and recovering. He, he almost had it, too. He almost had it. The Raptors ruined that. But then he tore his quad because he came back too early and then signs a one-year $3.5 million contract with the Lakers this offseason. And after signing that deal, he tears his Achilles and now is waived by the Lakers. Because the teams like the Warriors and the Lakers, they saw huge upside. Yeah, we're going to take a chance on him. He's injured. Whatever injury he had, whether it be the Achilles, the the quad, and now the ACL, they figured, hey, he can rehab and we'll have him by playoff time. 
The Warriors, they saw when they got him by playoff time. He ended up getting re-injured. The Lakers probably saw the same thing, too. So, And honestly, it's a no-brainer. You said it in the beginning. You're going to get somebody who's going to come in and contribute in Morris. Why not lose DeMarcus Cousins? Regardless of the player who he was two years ago, remember when he was considered like the best center in the league? That doesn't matter anymore. We're in 2020 now. Right. You're fighting for this year's championship, not four years ago. 100%. So you want a contributor that's going to help you now. Right. So like I said, Markeith Morris made his debut last night for the Lakers at home against the Pistons. He only had four points. Against his former team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or I don't know why I wrote the Pistons. Wow. No, he played. The Lakers played the Pelicans last night. Oh, see, now you have me. I'm mixed up. Yeah, they played the I apologize. Yeah, Pelicans. I wrote, I wrote down Pistons because I was thinking that was Markeith Morris's old team. Yeah, yeah. No, they played the Pelicans. They played the Pelicans. So Markeith Morris had four points, missed both his three-point attempts, only had one rebound and only one block, 15 minutes of play, but a nice little introduction to the home crowd. Which he's not really known as a three-point shooter. That's his brother. But, like I said, Markeith Morris was having the best three-point shooting of his career. season of his career. Yeah. He plays he plays more like a traditional four. Back to the basket, more perimeter. He doesn't really focus on the perimeter game. It's very, very much inside the paint. Yeah, well, what's good about Morris is he can play both forward positions and he can play center in some small ball lineups. But I think what the best part is of adding Morris to the Lakers lineup is it allows Kyle Kuzma to play his most natural position at which the is three. A, which is the three, yeah. And Morris has the capability to guard fours on the defense better, in my opinion, than Kuzma can because he's a little bit stronger than Kuz. Yeah. They're exactly. both they're both the same size, but Morris outweighs Kuzma by about twenty pounds. Yeah, and that it, says a lot in the it's NBA. Just, it's just their playing styles. Yeah, like I said, Markeith, he's just more of a back to the basket kind of player. He'd rather post up. He'd rather pick and roll. Then his brother Marcus, who's more of an isolation player, can take you off the dribble more, and who is who's a better shooter at times from beyond the arc. Yeah, and Markeith Morris, he spoke to the assembled media at Lakers practice yesterday, and he mentioned how adding him to the lineup allows Kuz to play the three more, which I thought was great. And he also said that he's comfortable playing the three, four, and the five. So you can kind of really throw him in there, and we'll see what happens. And also in the same video that I saw, the way he was answering the questions the media was asking and the way he carried himself with the media, I could tell this guy's all about business, and he wants to do everything he can to help this team achieve their goal of winning an NBA championship this season. Well, I think there's two reasons to it. One, you're going to be like, I don't know, that doesn't make sense. But the first reason is that he's on a contender. He He's never really played on a contender. Um, I know him and his brother, they play on and off with a couple good, team, good teams. I believe this is Markeith's sixth team in the league. Yeah. So they've played on and off with some good teams, some really bad teams, obviously Phoenix, where they both started. But yeah, one, he's on a legit contender. The Lakers are first in the West with a legit shot to win the title this year. Now, there's only, like, two teams in the West that I feel like are threats against them, but that's why he's happy. Number two, he's reunited with his brother, who's only across the hall. Well, what's crazy is is uh, in that media scrum, they were asking Markeith, like, are you and Marcus going to live together? Because what's crazy— He said, hell yeah. <laughs> well, he, he said they're thinking about it. Yeah, they should, honestly. Uh, like, if you don't know the Morris twins, they're identical twins. They have identical tattoos— yeah, for for the most part, they are identical. Yeah, like these guys, unless they're not on the same team. Did you ever hear that, about that conspiracy? I believe it's when 
Marcus, Marcus was in Boston. Yes. yes, and he got injured, and they're like, how did he recover from that ankle injury so fast? And there was a conspiracy of that his brother, Markeith, subbed in for him. Yeah. Took his jersey, took his shorts, swapped in, and played the game for him. Well, what's funny is, is I, already saw, game. I already saw some stuff on Twitter about Marcus and Markeith switching places for the Lakers and Clippers already. So, I mean, who knows? But back to Markeith and the Lakers, what I thought was crazy is you could potentially see a lineup where Anthony Davis, Markeith Morris, Kyle Kuzma, LeBron James, and then insert any other player. Like, I would probably put Danny Green if you're going to go, like, if you're going for, like, the all-time, like, you know, yeah. good lineup of that Lakers roster right now, I would go with Danny Green. Yeah, but you could throw Danny Green, Avery Brad- Bradley, Rondo, Quinn Cook, all out there. No, 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 no. I would rather have Danny Green. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah I would rather have Danny Green too, but yeah. Anthony Davis at the five, Markeith Morris at the four, Kyle Kuzma at the three, Danny Green at the two, and LeBron at the one. That's a hell of a small ball lineup. Which that essentially could be. Now, all, if, if they're all healthy, that could be their go-to lineup in the playoffs. Much like the Warriors used to have their death lineup when it was Draymond Green, Kevin Durant, Thompson, Curry, um, oh, and, and Iguodala. Yes. And, um, it was, yeah, there was one more that was missing. But, yeah, that potentially could be their lineup their go-to lineup in the playoffs. So whenever they're in a pinch, because that's also a good defensive lineup too. Oh, it's a very good defensive lineup. Mind you, Kuzma, he, at, at times he kind of gives up a lot of drive-bys because uh, he, he plays a three, so it's but a little it hard. Makes, it makes it easier on him playing his natural position exactly. though. But now you do have Davis at the five who can still protect the rim and you s- still have Morris. Yeah, and obviously LeBron would not guard the one or the two. He would guard his position, but still, that that lineup offensively is good. Defensively, they're also good as well. Yeah, and I th- I think ultimately Morris is is going to help the Lakers with some of the holes that they had. Also, he's a straight up dog. Like he's not afraid of anyone. He's not going to back down from anyone. He's someone you can count on to go to battle with every single night. And I think that's something that this Lakers team was missing from a guy who can contribute on a more consistent basis than a Jared Dudley because Jared Dudley was that guy for the Lakers before Markeith Morris got there. That that was the guy that was going to take all the fines. He was going to get in someone's face if they were messing with his teammate. Jared, Jared Dudley doesn't really scare me. I'd rather be more afraid than, uh, than, than Marcus Morris. 100%. He, he looks like the worker, though, on the team as of right now. You have a couple other of them, but... You saw what he gave you in his past teams that he's played for, and yeah, he was the junkyard dog. He was the worker. He was one. Of, he was one of those, uh, one of the bigger contributors to that Washington team that made a couple runs deep into the Eastern Conference playoffs. Exactly. And so, listen, I'm. I think he. He wasn't my first choice, but I think but, but he it's, does. But it's funny how he kind of came out, and people are, especially Laker fans. And even other people, they think that's actually a smart move for the Lakers. I, I think it's a great move. Because before this, you were looking at all the other list of, of players as far as who who they were waiting for to clear waivers. But as well, they were looking at free agents. So a lot of people, including myself, I thought the Lakers were going to dip into the free agent market. Well, And, and go for J.R. Smith. Go for uh, the Lakers supposedly have a meeting set with Dion Waiters on he March He was 2nd. the other one, yeah, Dion Waiters. So they could potentially sign him, and that means... For sure, Troy Daniels is gone. Yeah, Troy Daniels or Quinn he, Cook he, probably. He would be the first to be cut, which 
maybe you cut Quinn Cook only because you already have like three point guards. So why would you want, you know, a fourth one? Me personally, I wouldn't cut Quinn Cook just because of all the stuff that I saw in the aftermath of Kobe and his relationship and how he felt towards Kobe. I mean, yeah, but basketball is a business. I know, ba- first, I know first basketball is a business, though. but I know basketball is a business. But I just know there's a viral clip of yeah, Quinn Cook him, him, yeah, him crying in, in the courtyard. No, not even that. I'm talking about him in layup lines, their first game back from Kobe's passing against Portland, and he's in the layup lines rapping word for word of Lil Wayne's Kobe Bryant song, and everybody on Lakers Twitter was like, "Do not get rid of Quinn Cook. Do not get rid of Quinn Cook." Like. I know, I know it's a heartfelt moment. Trust me. I, I've been a huge Quinn Cook fan since his Duke days. I know. but I know it's I a business. I, it, first and foremost, it is a business. So I don't know if they would keep him just based off of that. Now, Laker fans do have a heavy weight on who gets traded. I know the front office doesn't. It's ultimately up to them. But they do look into that with fan favorites as well. That's why Kuzma is still on the team. Even if they thought about getting rid of him, he's such a fan favorite. I don't know if being a fan favorite has anything to do with your trade status with the team, but I, that's what I'm saying. It's like I don't know if he if if that keeps him there. Essentially, I don't know, but I mean overall, I think Markeith Morris joining the Lakers is a good move. I like I was saying, he wasn't my number one choice. My number one choice was Mo Harkless, but Chris Haynes uh, from Yahoo was reporting that it's more and more likely that Mo Harkless will not be bought out by the New York Knicks. He likes being at home, playing in front of his hometown. Enjoy a shitty team then, my friend. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand how you can go from a championship contender to getting traded to the New York Knicks of all places and not ask for a buyout. But I know I, I would want to leave New York. I don't know. No way in hell I stay there. But, all right, you have a game for me. I do. So you did mention that the Morris Twins are... They well, twins says it in itself. They're <laughs> nearly identical. No, they are identical twins. Okay, but there is differences though. So there is a lot of similarities, but there is a couple differences. And let's see if you could point out the differences. So I just got to basically guess Marcus or Marquis. Yeah. So you have a fifty-fifty chance. Okay. Heads All or right, tails. Then. Let's do it. Both of them went to Kansas for a couple years. Yes. And both got drafted, in two thousand eleven. However, though on draft night they mentioned this. They are twins, but one of them was born first. Who was born first? I believe Markeith was born first. You are correct. Can you give me how much time he has on his brother? I'm going to guess like... Don't guess an obscene number either, like 10, 12 minutes, because it's not... That's funny. I was actually going to say 12 minutes, but I'll I'll go lower now. It's lower than that. I'll probably say like four minutes. No, it is seven minutes. So okay, three seven out, minutes. Three hours. He is seven minutes older than Marcus. Okay. All right. Both of them, identical frames, but one of them is an inch taller. Who is taller? Marcus is 6'9". Markeith is 6'8". No, actually, oh. Markeith is 6'10". Marcus is 6'9". He has an inch on his brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, no, trust me. You're looking it up right now. I have been a couple basketball days. reference there's a couple sources that say he is 610 well the nba also redid their measurements this offseason so that that can play into a- basketball reference has markeith morris listed at 68 mm-hmm. marcus morris is also listed at 68 on basketball reference well that's weird because they said he's 610 let's look at the lakers roster 
because you just don't want to get the question wrong. No, I don't. <laughs> I hate being wrong. Markeith Morris, ESPN listed at six eight. Well, this, they gave him six ten. Okay. All right. All right. So then we can toss out that question. Bye. All right. So I'm one for one. Exactly. So they were both drafted, like I said, in 2011, and they were back-to-back picks. Yes. Who was the first picked? Marcus was picked first. No. Markeith no. was picked first. Oh, he, damn. Can you name the, the teams they were picked? So Markeith was picked first. Who was he picked by? Markeith was drafted by Phoenix. Okay. Now, who was Marcus drafted by? He was the 14th pick. 14th pick, last pick of the lottery, 2011. I'm gonna. It wasn't Washington. No, it was a West team. I'll give you that. Western Conference team. Western Conference team. They were they were actually pretty good at the time. I don't even know how they had this pick. Probably they traded for it. Denver. No. So it was Houston. Mm, Houston right. got them. Yeah. Okay. Now, you mentioned earlier that Markeith has played for about four, six teams or something like that. Okay. Yeah, six teams. So, who has played for more teams, Markeith or Marcus? I think it's Markeith. Markeith, is, Markeith hasn't been able to stick better than Marcus has, I feel like. So, no. I think Markeith has played for more. No. Marcus, no. God damn Marcus has played for more. Fuck. He has played for... So, actually, Markeith has only played... So this is this is excluding the the Lakers and Clippers. Okay. So Markeith has played for four teams: the Suns, the Wizards, the Pistons, and the Thunder. Not in that order, though. Okay. So now this is Mar- the Lakers are Markeith's fifth, fifth team. team. Oh, okay. So I was one off. Mar- Marcus, he's now playing for six teams. So he played for the Suns, Pistons, Celtics, Rockets, Knicks, and now the Clippers. Okay. So he's played for more teams. I guess that makes sense because Marcus was looked at as more valuable. More teams wanted him. Yeah, because again, Marcus is more of the isolation player. But what's well. interesting is I was I was looking on Twitter and I saw someone posted like a comparison of the two brothers and a lot of like analytics stuff. And Markeith actually graded out better than Marcus did for this season. So Markeith is technically analytics wise, yeah, he's better, doing better than better Marcus than, than is Marcus. this year. Which with the Clippers, who knows if Marcus gets that much playing time? They do have a stacked. They're like roster. One in, they're like one in three since Marcus has joined the team. Ooh, he might be. He might be the bad juju on the team. I'm just saying. All right, both of them are from Philly. Yes. So you don't know that the brotherly love came to L.A. However, only one of them is an Eagles fan. Which one is the Eagles fan? There's, go, all, there's gonna, also a question after this too, but I'll let you answer this one first. I'm going to go Marcus is not the Eagles fan. So that means Markeith is the Eagles fan. No. So Marcus is the Marcus is the Eagles fan. Markeith is a different fan of a different team. Is he a Cowboys fan? He is a Cowboys fan. <laughs> so because you got that one wrong, I'll give you the, the question because you got he's a Cowboys fan. I, I For some reason, I knew you were going to get that. <laughs> well, Eagles, Cowboys, the rivalry, yeah, two brothers. Yeah, I, I figured, yeah. But, yeah, no, he is a Cowboys fan, though. Okay. All right, next question. No, that, that was the last one. Oh, that was the last one? That was the hardest one. Okay. Yeah, only because it's like you didn't really know what kind of fans they were going to be of, of football. But, but yeah, okay. Eagle, Eagles and Cowboys. All right, so I did very poorly on that. I mm, think I only got like. Well, you got the first one right. I think I, got, I think I only got the first one and the last one right. 
Yeah, which you did say in the beginning. So it's a 50-50. Yeah, yeah. it's a 50-50. But they're so identical on everything that you just it's hard, it's hard to answer. Yeah, and I, I thought it was so crazy that they're actually probably going to live together. Which is funny, though, because when they played in Phoenix, because Marcus played in Phoenix. No, no, no. Markeith got drafted by Phoenix. Marcus was then traded to Phoenix. Yeah. So during that, they actually did live together. And in an interview, they asked him, they're like, so are you guys like, like who gets the bigger bedroom? And they're like, well, we're going to play each other for it in 2K. That's an easy way to determine who and, gets the master bedroom. Uh, and fortunately, Markeith got that room. Okay. Okay. And well. now they're going to play each other again if they do live together well, in and, L.A. And one of, the, one of the media members, I forget who, asked Markeith if the Lakers and Clippers play each other in a seven-game series in the playoffs. Ooh. Are they going to carpool to the games together? And they said yes. Yeah, Markeith said yes. I wonder how that car ride would be. Like, how do you very share, silent? How do you <laughs> how do you share a car ride with an opponent? I, I know, I know, he's your brother, but you're on you're on the way to the game. Just picture this: whatever city they live in, it's probably going to be you know like West Hollywood or some. I don't know. Maybe near El Segundo. They'll probably get a loft at the Ritz right across the street from. Staples for the remainder of the season. Even then, the walk over there together, it's like, what the hell? I don't know. It's weird, man. Both of them have their headphones on and not speaking one word to each other. I don't have a brother. I have a sister. But you have to go home that night and still see them. Oh, if I lost, I would take a separate car home. (laughs) Oh, so you would just, or or would you not even go home at all? Uh, Yeah, I don't know if I would go home. You'd stay in the locker room? Yeah, I'd find a hotel, something. Yeah, I, would, I don't know. I honestly like. I'd probably go to the weight room if I was a player, or just stay at the Staples Center for a while. With how competitive I am, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could take a ride to and from the game with my <laughs> opponent, even if it's my sibling. Yeah, and these guys are legit identical. It's crazy. Like we just told you everything that is similar about them, and yeah, they have their their you know their differences. Dude, they have identical tattoos. Like, it's insane. Yeah. But just imagine that walk over there. But, all right. I think it's a good fit to bring Markeith Morris to the Lakers. Moving on now, Kyrie Irving will miss the remainder of the season with a shoulder injury that he will have surgery on. He had missed 26 games because of the injury. He returned to action last month in January, still felt some discomfort, and then after seeing another specialist, it was determined he needed surgery. So... Currently, the Nets are 26 and 30, which is good enough for seventh place in the East. But they're only 8 and 12 when Kyrie has been in the lineup. So they're not even over 500 with him in the lineup. We knew this season was going to be a throwaway for the Nets when it was determined that Kevin Durant would not be returning from his torn Achilles at all. And with the team being under 500 and only in the seventh seed. It's hard to imagine for me that the Nets will hold on to their playoff position in the East with Kyrie Irving going down for the rest of the year. I mean, it's going to be up to guys like Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, Joe Harris, Jared Allen, Torian Prince, as well as players like DeAndre Jordan and Wilson Chandler. But Yeah, that lineup that you just gave to me right now, that's that's, not a playoff team. That's not going to get it done at all. That's not a playoff team. I'm sorry. Like, all due respect to Spencer Dinwiddie, he's had a great what past three seasons he's he's kind of been that guy sure. unfortunately for he was that. an all-star stump for me yeah you know he was he he's been that guy and unfortunately his kind of his playing you know has kind of been uh putting in not in the limelight i should say because Kyrie got there 
and obviously you have KD there. But yeah, that lineup that you just told me right now, not going to get it done at all. Yeah, and I also, I saw some reports that in the off season uh, there's been some speculation that Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert might be on the move. Uh, yeah, so they can kind of have a more cohesive team for Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant to come back to. Look, those guys, you put them on playoff teams or contenders, they're legit contributors. You already seen what they've done on a semi okay team in the East. There was put I heard a rumor there was potentially a Kyle Kuzma for Spencer Dinwiddie trade on the table at the trade deadline. And I mean in the Lakers interest that could have worked out for them. I think it could have worked out very well for them. They just didn't want to give up Kuzma. Right. Well, and I think Brooklyn was asking for a little bit more, but I just think with the season already being a throwaway, once it was announced that KD wasn't going to come back, I thought it was great that Brooklyn was fighting for a playoff position and was able to, to gain some ground in the playoff push. But, I mean... Look, even if you hold that seven spot, which is kind of going to be easy in the East... You would still probably have to play the Bucks or the Raptors. Now you play either of those teams, you're getting steamrolled. That's an easy sweep for either of those teams. Oh, and Brooklyn lost either last night or already tonight. They lost tonight by four to the Wizards, so they're twenty six and thirty one now. And, and the Wizards suck too. Yes, they do. Yeah. So, like you said, this this season already for them was already going to be a throwaway. But it's like, where do they stand now? You already have, like you said, pieces that are going to possibly be moving next season. You have KD coming back next season, and you hope to have Kyrie. Hopefully it's not too bad that you have him coming back next season as well. That's when you start building. But you're already going to lose people like Spencer Dinwiddie and your other pieces off the bench. Yeah, I just, I don't know what, I don't know why Brooklyn would want to get rid of Spencer Dinwiddie and, and or Karis LeVert. When Kyrie Kyrie Irving has been injured for most of this season and is now going to miss the remainder of the season, I don't know how they can honestly count on Kyrie Irving for next year to be a hundred percent healthy for the entire year and not have a capable backup. Now I'm a huge Kyrie Irving fan, but, so, so but, am I. But as years have passed since him leaving Cleveland, I've kind of started to doubt him. When he went to Boston, look at where they're at now. That team, without him, got to the Eastern Conference Finals when he was injured. He comes back. They have a horrible season. Now that he's gone again and they have Kemba, look at where they're at now. I mean, do we start? Does that mean we have to start having the conversation of can't Kyrie be a number one player on the team? Oh, absolutely. That's that's where I was getting to. I don't believe that he is a number one guy. Him going to Brooklyn, I don't think he could have... I don't think he, he could have done that without KD going there. Well, exactly. He wasn't going to go to Brooklyn without exactly. KD. Yeah, there's no way. Because I don't think he can lead a team. If he couldn't lead Boston's team... Yeah, I mean, we saw all the turmoil they it, went exactly. through last year. Which Marcus Smart, you go out and, and, and read one of his articles, a lot of people, said it a was lot horrible. Of people, a lot of people once he left threw him under the bus in Boston. Yeah. So and I don't, said he was the problem. I don't know why he's so toxic or what he's saying in the locker room. Hey, maybe he holds on to the ball too much, you know? He does like to dribble. I know, and great handles, but but look at what it's creating. You you wreaked havoc in Boston for a season. All those players were pissed for that one season. You guys did horribly. You guys were losing to horrible teams. Then you get to the playoffs, and then you get knocked out. When you go, you you, you rewind a little bit before that, when you he signed with Boston, they were saying, 
this is an Eastern Conference, you know, bid already that they have him. Well, unfortunately, that didn't happen. Yeah. And so the same is happening, even if he wouldn't gotten injured with Brooklyn. I feel like it still would have been the same story. I don't think he can lead a team. Now, this is not to say he can't drop 54 or 60 points on a team. That's fine. Yeah, but this isn't this isn't taking away that's from... That's not going to win you games, though, and series. Yeah, I mean, we see it with James Harden. Yeah, that's a honestly, that's a great comparison. James Harden can have as many 40-point triple-double games, 60-point games or whatever, but where has that gotten him? It's gotten him as far as the Western Conference Finals, and then he's never seen daylight past that. Yeah. So, I, honestly, that's the, I'm, I'm making that a point. I don't think he's the guy. Uh, he's not a, a, a leader of a team. Yeah, and listen, this Nets team is going to look completely different when KD returns next year because he's a completely different player from who they have on their team he right had, now. He, look, look what he had. He had an Achilles injury. Yeah, and but you nobody can replace what Kevin Durant does on the basketball court besides Kevin Durant. He's, no, he's well, a yeah. one-of-a-kind player. Well, yeah, but you have to see how he comes back from his injury. Yeah, that's that's the biggest question mark. And then with with Kyrie being who he is, a, I'm not in that locker room, but he's looked like a poison for the past two, three seasons with his teams. And we, But the thing is, we haven't heard that much stuff recently. I know there was a little bit of stuff coming out in the beginning about him in the Nets locker room, but everything I've seen and heard from him from the Brooklyn perspective, from other players in the front office, he's been nothing but great. So I don't know if it was something that, that, specifically that happened in Boston. That Boston, that Boston team, though, they'll they'll come out and say everything, though. Right, and it's an eye, it's an eye test. You look at that season that he was on that team; they were crap. Now he gets to well, they weren't crap. No, but, no, 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 they were crap. They were losing really. They were losing to horrible teams. But they still made it to the playoffs. Yeah, but then they got knocked out, though. Yeah, they got when knocked that out. Team, but, but I, okay, the, the point I'm trying to make is the year before that, when he was injured, still on the Celtics, they got to the Eastern Conference Finals without him. I believe Jason Tatum was a uh, no, he was a rookie. Yeah, he was a rookie, and he had to guard LeBron. And look at how he showed up in that in that series. That was when he dunked on LeBron, it, exactly. And that was without Kyrie Irving. Yeah, so Kyrie comes back, and they play even worse than that. So it's like. When they got rid of him, it's like, we don't even need you. Now they have Kemba. It's a completely different uh, locker room that they have there. For sure. So, I, I honestly, in Brooklyn, I don't know how they could get rid of him or whatever. I wouldn't keep him. Yeah, but then you upset Kevin Durant. Oh, well, you can find another point guard to help Kevin Durant out. Their their playing styles, to me, do not match. I don't think they can coexist together. Yeah, and that I mean, it, it's not that I. Which is kind of a stupid move in Durant's part because you left. You, you not even that you left. You complain about Oklahoma saying that you were playing with unskilled players. Did you ever see him say yeah, that? He, he yeah. needed more shooters. Yeah, he needed more shooters. Okay, that's understandable. But now, and you couldn't play with Russell Westbrook. That never really kind of happened, you know. As far as like it got him to the finals, but nothing else became of it. Now you go to Brooklyn and you're recreating something kind of similar. You have a, a ball dominant guard. Who is just going to take the majority of the shots? No, I. What's What's interesting though, I actually disagree with that. I think Kyrie will actually defer more to Kevin Durant because he wants Kevin to feel comfortable. I feel like because he's coming back from a year off, so I think next year we could see Kyrie defer more to Kevin Durant, make Kevin the number one option because that's what he fucking should be because he's Kevin fucking Durant. Yeah, Kyrie should not be the number one option. No, and he, I don't he, think he will be. He is your guy on given nights, but he is not your guy going into the playoffs. Yeah. 
And so. and and I know I'm going to start hearing the people who are going to say, but he made that shot on Curry. That was one shot, though. That yeah. was one shot. And am I am I taking that away from him? No. But Kevin Love stopped Curry from scoring at the end of that series. Yeah. So you can't just say that game was won because of him. He put them ahead. But see, but look, we have to look at the bigger picture, though. You're having other players help him. He's not the go-to guy. Okay. Well, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how he Kyrie Irving recovers from his injury. And that same is thing with same thing with Durant. Yeah, and same thing with Durant. Now, another player, uh, major profile player who has been out for a majority of the season, Steph Curry. The Warriors sitting at twelve and forty-five. A poor record. Steph Curry has been out since breaking his left hand on October 30th. But there was a report that came out yesterday that said he is eyeing March 1st as his possible return date. And we all know the Warriors season has not gone according to plan at all. Steph's absence has been quite noticeable. But today, uh, head coach Steve Kerr said that, quote, I think yesterday's report, which was news to us, is not official, Kerr said. Quote, nothing's official. Steph will play when he's ready to go. So now we have two conflicting reports of when Steph is going to come back. With the Warriors sitting at 12 and 45, do you think we see Steph Curry return? Mm. This was like the whole Zion thing, too. Like, if they were going to make the playoffs, should he even bother returning? The Warriors, there's no chance that they're making the playoffs. But I think for I think for reps and for him to kind of get back into it, I would maybe play him a couple games. Would I have him finish out the season? Absolutely not. Because Clay's not coming back. No, that's already been yeah. determined. Yeah, Clay's not coming back. So if he wasn't going to come back, then maybe you should probably not play as many games. Maybe you should be, like, on a minutes restriction, even though it's not, like, that serious of an injury. Like it was to like other people who were like quiet the knee and stuff like that. Well, and this is this is to Steph Curry's left hand. That's not his shooting hand. That's not his dominant hand. I know, but no, I'm I'm saying that I don't think they should play him. I don't think it should overexert him. I, I think that's what I'm trying to make a point of. They shouldn't overexert him because you want to make a crack at a playoff run next season. This season scrapped. Next season you go out. You during the offseason you get yourself hopefully a free agent. You trade those picks because I don't think they're going to keep them, and then you get yourself a good player. To match up with Clay, Steph, Draymond, you use those three players, and then from there you have you have a bid to the playoffs for next season. Yeah, I mean, I just think that with Steph's situation and him being out since October, and now there's conflicting reports. What's the point of? Oh, yeah, him coming back. What's the point of him coming back at all? So that's why you wait the season. You don't you don't come back, or you're on that minutes restriction. Same thing with with Zion. Zion, Zion, they didn't, they didn't, well, they gave him a chance because they were also going to make the playoffs, but he needed minutes as well. So if I'm the Warriors, I'm going to sit Curry on the bench. Maybe he goes in a couple games. I would probably honestly play him against kind of the crappy teams just so he gets his feet underneath him again and he kind of gets his rhythm. Yeah, but what's the point? What's the point of of playing him at all? Playing him at all when he's about to have the longest offseason of his career since he's been out since October. But you know who he is, though. He's going to want to play. Yeah, I know he's going to want to play, but you got to think long term. And and they are, and they should be, at least the front office, they should be thinking long term, which that's why I'm saying they're not going to keep those picks. They're probably going to trade those picks for a better player, somebody who can come off the bench and give them good minutes. 
But for Curry State, though, I think he comes in and he gives them a couple games. Then maybe, you know what, after two weeks, he says, you know what, this is not working anymore, or maybe they have a mutual agreement, then they shut him down. There's multiple ways it can go. Yeah. But, but, but I see your point. If Clay's not playing, your season is crap. You, you have the worst record in the West, and I think in the league, I want to say. Why should your star player play at all? Yeah, I mean, listen, Draymond Green was at the Deontay Wilder-Tyson Fury fight, and it was announced in the middle of that fight that he was going to miss the next day's game with a sore groin. We had just seen him on TV, like, minutes before that. Yeah. That's so they it's spend like, their extracurricular time. There's, there's just—I just don't see a point of, of him coming back at all. At all. Like I said, Zion's situation was different because their, their team had, like, kind of a legit shot to make the playoffs. And also, you just got to get Zion's feet wet into the NBA so he could get used to it. Yeah, but you're talking about Curry, who's a vet. So I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying maybe he plays a couple games on a minutes restriction. Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately he will come back just because he's a gamer and wants to be out there. But I, if I was in charge of the Warriors and I was Bob Myers, I would say, no, you're not playing. That's just me, though. Yeah, I, I would restrict him. But, like, you have to come to him and say, hey, you can't play at all because we got to look for next season. Maybe, he, honestly, he would be understanding of it because then you get Clay back and then you have a healthy Draymond who's not – you know, playing out there with pulled growings. Yeah. And then you get a, another player, like I said, in the offseason. Hopefully a free agent. Maybe you trade those picks, whatever. You get another player. So now you're building that playoff team again. Well, and I can't believe this just popped into my mind, but I completely forgot that the Warriors traded for Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, they still have Wiggins. They could they could still trade him. I think he is going to be traded this offseason. Yeah, him, him and those picks, I feel like they're going to get packaged together. And speaking of that package, I saw some speculation that the Warriors are going to try and put that package together and try and send it to Milwaukee for Giannis. Which is which is crazy. Do you imagine that, that would break the NBA? It's like you get... It's crazy because they had KD, who KD was a... Honestly, he, he's going to go down as one of the best all-around scorers in the game. So you have that. He's going to go down as one of the best players of all time. Exactly. Okay, well, I was saying scores right now, but then... The, the the crazy thought is that they had him for a couple seasons and they won a couple titles with him. He leaves, but now you have the shot of legit getting... He, Giannis is a jump shot away from being the MVP and best player in the league. Everybody is focused on 2021 when Giannis becomes a free agent. Yeah. The entire NBA world has that summer circled already. Teams are already trying to set their salary caps for that summer. The reason the Lakers... Only sign guys to minimum deals in one or two year yeah, deals. They're looking at two years on ahead. They're looking at twenty twenty one. It's just crazy that the Warriors could potentially get him. Yeah, and still and still keep Clay, Steph, and Draymond. Yeah, I mean that's just wild. But realistically, I know it's jumping ahead, but I don't really see him leaving the Bucks. Well, speaking of the Bucks, did you know that? The Bucks clinched a playoff spot already? I did. I know a lot of people did not, <laughs> yeah. but they did. Yeah, they already have an X next to their name in the standings for them clinching a playoff spot. They were the first team to 50 wins in the NBA. Last night, they extended their streak to 82 straight games of scoring at least 100 points in a game. They lead the NBA with the best record at 50-8. and eight. 
this is the first time I think all season we're going to have some in-depth talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. More than a minute or uh, or or I should say without just mentioning Giannis and then that's it. Yes. Yeah. Which you said, did I know? Yes, I, I knew because but we're not your typical exactly fan. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We're invested in this stuff. We want to do this for work. We most most of the fans they look at the more like high flying teams, the pe- teams that are more interesting to watch throughout the season, like Houston. But nobody really has been paying attention to the Bucks. Now you said that they have clinched their playoff spot. They did break the Warriors record, sixteen yep. seventeen Warriors. They're on pace to break that seventy three and nine. Oh, they are. Honestly. I would be happy if they did. Nothing against that Warriors team because I really liked that Warriors team that broke that record. But this would be really special to the Bucks team because you look at this roster and you say there's nothing really special about it besides Giannis, maybe Middleton. Well, okay, so that's that's what I'm getting to. Why is no one talking about the Milwaukee Bucks this year? Because they're a gritty team and they play defense and they, they outscore you, they outrun you. No, those, those, they're, are, they're, those they're, are reasons why you should be talking about them. I know. Why are people not who knows? Maybe they're just not as flashy as, well, like, I some, like I'm saying, the Houston teams. I have some ideas. Okay. Let's see, let, let's hear why people are not watching their games. I think it's because they wouldn't be anything without Giannis. Let's be real here. What would this Bucks team look like as a team without Giannis? They would be not, not very good. They would be a playoff team. I will, I will I tell you that. I don't think they would. Yes. I the, don't think they would. Wait, wait, in the East? I in don't the think, East. No, I don't think they would. Okay, wait. Let me read off some teams. You don't think they would be... Be able to squeeze okay. in the playoffs over Fine. the Nets, Magic, and the Wizards are on the cusp, or the Hornets. Fine. They could probably make a 7th or an 8th seed. Yeah. But they would not be the team that they are now. No, no, absolutely not. Plus, they're in Milwaukee fucking Wisconsin, for God's sake. It's a small market. It's like Portland. They're in a small market, and while the superstar they have is international and can be marketed worldwide, it does not take away from the fact that Milwaukee is not the place to be if you are a top-tier athlete who wants to be a top-tier yeah. marketed athlete. Yeah, who the hell wants to go to Milwaukee, like you said? It's such a small market. Like I said, it's like Portland. Portland is like the Milwaukee of the West. It's not a very large market. That's all you really have there. Portland actually is a different situation because that's all they have there. Milwaukee at least has baseball. But it's well, the, still small, though. Wisconsin has the Packers. Yeah, well, they, yeah, that, that too, but... Basketball-wise, it's not known for basketball. No, I think the Bucks are the third team in Wisconsin. I think it would go. Yeah, Packers, it, would, it would go Packers, Brewers, Brewers yeah, Bucks. Bucks. Yeah, that's how it would go. So I, they're, they are the last tier. That's, I, why, that's why no one's talking about them. I think, actually, that answers your question. They're in a small market. Nobody watches their games. They're not honestly on primetime all the time. As of, as of late, they have been only because of, obviously, Giannis. You take away him... You don't get ESPN games. You don't get TNT games. So but be, because they have him and because he's been an MVP caliber player, that's why people are starting to notice them. But I guess not enough because they didn't even notice that they clinched. Some people didn't even realize that. Okay, I'm looking at the national TV games for the NBA for this season. Yeah. How the, many? Yeah, how many times have they been on um, ESPN? Well... They were they are they were scheduled at the beginning of the season to have twenty four national TV games twenty four out of eighty two. The Lakers have thirty, so almost half of their games are on national television. 
the Milwaukee Bucks, only 24. See, that? that's what I'm saying also. not not Fans all over do not get to see their playing style. They don't get to see how they match up against top teams in the NBA. So. But for me, the, to that point, there is nothing entertaining about the Milwaukee Bucks besides Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, there really isn't. Even how they play, it's just, it's almost like, honestly, you can compare it to how the Spurs play. It's like people say their playing style is very boring because they take mid-range jumpers. That's that's understandable. You want to see dunks. You want to see long-distance three-pointers. The San Antonio Spurs have never been a flashy organization. Yeah, I know. Milwaukee, though, it's different. They're flashy because, like you say, of Giannis. They're only big because of him. That should That should tell you what kind of a caliber of player he is, though. Because, look, I'm going to run down this roster. Is Eric Bledsoe a player you maybe build around? No. No. Wesley Matthews? No. They're both contributors, not not people you build around. Chris Middleton? He's He was an all-star this year. But you cannot build around but, a but, team as Chris Middleton as your number one option. Exactly. And he's not the kind of caliber player Giannis is as far as, like, you do you go to games because you want to see Chris Middleton? No. Absolutely not. Now, what about Brooke Lopez? No. Done a great job at resurrecting his career where he was at the point to almost out of the league. Yeah, oh, yeah. But he has been able to develop his game to where he has become a, a, th- a three-point shooter now. Yeah, a more, a more desirable center for today's game. Yeah, because back, back in his days when he was with uh, Brooklyn, maybe four years into his career, he was still a back-to-the-basket kind of center. Very much so. And then he gets to the Lakers. And he starts shooting a, a lot of threes. He had a game for the Lakers where he had. <laughs> he did not record a single <laughs> rebound. rebound. Yeah. I remember that game. How does a seven Our, foot person not record a single rebound? The Lakers point guards at the time had more rebounds in that game they than did. he did. That that is a fact. <laughs> All right, their backup point guard George Hill, again a good solid backup, but not somebody you want to go see in a game. No, this is and this is not taking anything away from these players. No, but these aren't. Yeah, they're not. They're These not, aren't number one options. They're, they're not interesting. That's I think that's what we're getting at. They're not interesting. Dante Divincenzo, yes, his second year, third year, I believe. Eh, he's an interesting sophomore. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was on the national championship national championship team at Villanova a couple years and ago, he, and he won for um, MVP of that game. Yeah, most outstanding yeah, player. Which again, you would say, man, he must be interesting. Nope, he's not interesting on this team. He's just a contributor. Pat Connaughton, who I didn't even know who the hell he was when he got to the gun to, to the, the dunk gun? Con, no no to the dunk contest. Yeah, I was laughing. I didn't even know who he was. All I said was he's not gonna win. Yeah, you didn't know yeah. he was white. I know he was white. See? Uh Arison Ilyasova. Oh god. A contributor at one time. Now he comes off the bench. Yeah, just, you know? Just the body. Now you have Lopez's brother, Robin, another contributor. A junkyard dog. He gets your rebounds. A glue, fight, a glue guy. A glue guy. He fights with mascots occasionally, you know. <laughs> but out of all these players I just named, the only one that obviously should stand out should be Giannis. You only go to a Bucks game because you want to see him. That is why this team is not interesting. The, he is the one who makes the team interesting. I couldn't agree more. This this team is physical. Like, look at all the, all the people. I'm not going to rename them, but look at all these people on this team that I named. A lot of them, good length, good size on defense. Yeah, but I think... Chris Middleton, Eric Bledsoe. Oh, they also have Kyle Korver, which he's injured. He's like day-to-day. 
or whatever. But well, and they got they got him for shooting and veteran experience and all of that. Yeah, like but, that's another guy you bring off the bench in a playoff game, right? But that experiment hasn't worked out as well as it could have. But but there, see, but okay, if you look at the record, they're not even honestly fretting that. No, they don't care. <laughs> they've already clinched yeah. this playoff well, listen, spot. They're fifty and eight. Yeah, which they're first in uh, points per game. But exact, exactly. First in rebounds. They're 50 and 8, but nobody cares, I well, feel like. You'll care come playoff time. I think, honestly, I think the Bucks are fine with that as an organization. Even Giannis, if we're going to really narrow it down to somebody, I think he doesn't care because your goal is not who has the best record in the league. Once you get to the playoffs, that all that does not matter. Right. And what's interesting. And I'm thinking they, they, but see, last year they're using last year as a perfect example. They had the best record last year. Where did that get him? Sitting at home watching the NBA Finals. Yeah, and I'm I'm thinking out loud here, but it's people not talking about and people not focusing on the Milwaukee Bucks. I think the Bucks themselves are using that to yes. their advantage. That's what see. That's what I was trying to get at. Uh, Giannis sees it as. As uh, honestly as a challenge. All right, fine. You don't want to talk about us during the season. Well, fine. We're gonna work to the playoffs. You're gonna see what we're gonna do in the playoffs. Yeah. Look at look at all the headlines coming out of Philly about the fe- quote unquote feud between Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and Al Horford not working out in Philly. Look at all the headlines coming out of Boston now that Kyrie Irving is gone and what that oh, season yeah. was like. Mm-hmm. Think about all the headlines coming out of Brooklyn with Kyrie and his injury. Think about Toronto. And all the headlines coming out of Toronto, can they do it without Kawhi? Can they do it without Kawhi? Washington talking about Bradley Beal, John Wall. I know they're toward they're on the cusp. I think they're in the ninth position right now. Yeah, they are. Um, but with nobody talking about the Bucks, that leaves the Bucks to focus on themselves and get right. It's see, interesting. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying is that I don't think they care, to be honest, that that nobody's talking about that. No, I don't think they care. Yeah. I just thought that... No, no, no. It is interesting, though, because reason, nobody mentions it. Right. The reason I wanted to bring it up on the show and talk about it was because nobody cares, and there's just been so much going on in this NBA season with other headlines that we kind of forgot about the Bucks. But the Bucks have been the best team in the league all year. And they obviously have an MVP-type player. And Giannis, he is... what he, So right now he leads the team in points... Rebounds and assist. Scoring wise, he's only behind James Harden. James Harden scores thirty five a game. Giannis scores thirty a game. How many rebounds does Giannis average? Like fourteen, twelve? Yeah, almost <laughs> double double a game. Yeah, like I that, mean, that. That's insane. But the fact that no one's talking about them: one, small market; two, they don't have a lot of games aired on. They don't have enough nationally televised games because they're a small market. Who the hell wants to watch them play? Like we said, none of these players are that intriguing. Besides Giannis, two again or three, they don't really care about you know not not being noticed throughout the season because again they want to get back to the playoffs and they have unfinished business because last year they were supposedly the favorites and again they didn't make it to the finals. Yeah, but no, I just I wanted to talk about it a little, kind of see what your thoughts were on why nobody was talking about them to kind of compare them to why I thought. Nobody was no, talking honestly, about them. they're exactly the same. Yeah, that, no, that is exactly that is those are all reasons why people are not paying attention to them and why a lot of people didn't know that they clinched just 56 games in. Yeah, so all right, enough hoops talk. I know it's 
We had an all hoops episode last week. It's been all hoops. Well, it's kind tonight. of a uh, a dead season for for sports in a way, you know. Yeah, we got spring training starting up. We got baseball's right around the corner. NFL off season just uh, starting to gear up for it. Now that we're a little bit removed from the Super Bowl, but the NFL always seems to find a way to to grab the headlines, even when it's not football season. And the current collective bargaining agreement is set to expire in March of 2021, so a year from now. So they still can play this full season coming up under the current collective bargaining agreement. But players, the Players Association and the owners, I think, have wanted to get a head start on collective bargaining agreement negotiations because they want to avoid a lockout again and all of that. So ESPN's Dan Graziano reported last night that representatives from the NFL Players Association met last night to discuss what went on at a nearly four-hour meeting with owners over a potential... Oh, jeez. Four hours? Yeah. Damn. Uh, Over a potential new collective bargaining agreement the owners in the NFL voted last week to approve the current collective bargaining agreement proposal that would set to take into effect March of 2021, which that proposal is the result of 10 months of negotiating between players and owners. So they've been working on this for almost a year now already, but enough players remain opposed to the idea of expanding the regular season from 16 to 17 games So they delayed their own scheduled vote Friday. So the players were going to vote on this proposal Friday of this week until after they had a chance to meet with owners face-to-face, which they did last night. Among the matters at hand in the proposal were the option to expand to a 17-game regular season, like I said, an increase in the players' share of total revenue to at least 48%. So right now the revenue split is owners take home 53% of the revenue, the players take home 47% of the revenue. This current collective bargaining agreement proposal that the owners voted yes on would jump that percentage to 48% in about two years. Then there's also the expansion of the playoff field to 14 teams beginning this upcoming season. And... The biggest divide is obviously the 16 to 17 games. But, I mean, players want more money. Owners want more playoff teams so they can get more revenue. And a lot of players have been very outspoken about how they feel on this matter. And uh, Steelers center Marquise Pouncey had some words uh, in a selfie video that he posted to his social media today. Uh, Jacob, you want to hit that? Man, the shit's so fucking crazy, man. I vote no. Fuck that shit. Our NFL PA, the, the, the dudes at the top, the leaders, man, that shit all fucking bullshit. Fuck that. They ain't looking out for the best of the players. And if y'all want my vote, the Pouncey Twins vote no. And if any player, uh, any one of our teams, if y'all heard for rent money or anything while we go through this lockout, call us. Man, we got way more money than what they had back in the days. We ain't got to worry about that. All the vets on each team stand the fuck up. Stand up. Show these guys that we care about them. 
Man, I care about all you young players, and I love you guys to death. I ain't gonna let y'all down. Trust and believe. They trying to sign a bullshit-ass deal just so these motherfuckers are sitting there president can go around and smile and say, I got something done. You ain't get shit done. So, clearly, Marquis he, yeah, County, he's, he's not happy. He does, does not, he does not sound like a happy camper in that video. <laughs> he clearly does not like the proposal no. that the owners voted yes on. And... Aaron Rodgers came out with a statement that I'll read right now, and it's it's kind of lengthy, but bear with me. I voted no last night. My decision to vote no is based off of the conversations I've had with men in my locker room that I'm tasked to represent. This deal will affect every player that ever plays this game, and we have made this decision with only an abbreviated version of the deal, and that isn't good enough. Although I do see that there are many things in the proposal that improve the lives and care for past, present, and future NFL players, there are issues with others. 16 games to me was never something to be negotiated. The owners made it clear that the 17th game is about paying for the, quote, added benefits and had nothing to do with positive feedback received about any extra risks involved with added regular season games. In parentheses, also an extra game, for every two seed moving forward on wildcard weekend, i.e. the Green Bay Packers in 2019 would not get a bye. Continued. There are also many issues raised about the workplace, the workload, and the offseason program. Some have been addressed while others have not. With an extra game added to the schedule, added risk, and longer stretches before and after the bye week, we felt it was important to address adding more offseason recovery time. The ideas discussed would not add costs for teams. In fact, if any, would lessen some of them. My involvement has been far less than the negotiating team, the executive committee, and the owners in these conversations, and I'm sensitive to that and, and appreciative of the time and sacrifices made. My involvement as a player rep and a 15-year player in this great game, though, allows me this platform to share my opinion and at the same time requires me to speak on behalf of the sentiment I hear from my teammates. The value of our players and the strength of the NFLPA can only be realized if we ourselves know and believe it in our worth. I respect the democratic nature of this process and have been and will continue to talk with my teammates on the Packers and my colleagues across the league. Richard Sherman of the 49ers then retweeted Aaron Rodgers' statement with his own comment, saying, Health and wellness of our men is always the most important aspect. There is no price you can put on that, and that is why I voted no. I respect the men that have been a part of this discussion and stood up for their locker rooms. There is a lot to unpack here. No, there is. But initially from hearing that, if you were a player, would you have voted yes? Fuck no. Or no? Hell no. Hell no, I would have voted no, uh, would not have voted yes. I mean, the sure fact that the owners and the players do not split the revenue 50-50 like, no, all, they, the, like yeah. all the other major sports leagues. They do not. First off, that's why I'm voting no. The adding 16 game or adding 17 games without adding an extra bye week? No. Yeah, you're just compacting it at no, that point. No, you need to add a second bye week if you're adding a, a, another game. Aaron Rodgers talked about it in his statement. The risks that the players would have to take on their health and well-being for an extra game is so much more. Yeah, this this is honestly, it kind of ties into like 
the issues with Thursday night football because you don't get that full recovery time. Now you're yeah, just ma- yeah. Now you're just maximizing it. You're just maximizing it to another week of football. Right. So I don't understand how they can think adding a game without adding another bye week. Yeah. Is, like, again, is plausible. Yeah. You're, do you remember when? Uh, I'm going to honestly go back to basketball for a quick second. When they had that lockout and they came back and teams were playing back-to-back-to-back games, the amount of injuries that that season had, yeah. you're going to have the same thing with football, though. You give them another another playing week without another bye week, there's just so many more injuries that are, that are going to happen. Yeah. So, I mean, I think ultimately this... I, I mean, I would have voted no on it, obviously. A no-brainer, too. Because, like you're saying, it is the only sport where they do not split the revenue... And you could just see how much money the NFL makes, but they don't want to split it. I I heard on Pat McAfee's, uh, it was either his podcast or his radio show, but an extra game would bring $5 billion more dollars in revenue. But they can't split it 50-50. Right. Yeah. Makes no sense to me. Yeah. No sense to you're me. Getting, you're getting all this X amount of dollars more from this deal. Right. As an owner, an extra game for all 32 teams brings in another $5 billion. Well, That's yeah, the, unreal. Well, yeah, the, the owners are, are greedy. Oh. You don't, you don't want to split that with your players. The classic, they're, they're the ones who make you money. It's almost essentially like the, the, the college scandal. Do we pay players when these universities are making all these dollars on these students? But you can't return the favor by having them get anything as far as they don't make any revenue off of it. The classic, Nothing. The classic line when it comes to collective bargaining agreement negotiations and owners versus players associations, no matter the sport, yeah. is it's billionaires fighting with millionaires. Yeah. So I... No, no, no. Exactly. You, you see these players and to some people's arguments, they're going to say, well, they make millions. That's understandable. But... They're getting robbed of what they actually could make for what they're doing. They could be making so much more. And it's not even that I'm defending the athlete, but it's like in any job setting, if you should be making this for the work that you're putting in and you're getting paid significantly less because the corporation is making money off of you and they're not sharing it equally, then, yeah, hell, yeah, you're going to be pissed. And here's why I commend guys like Aaron Rodgers and Richard Sherman and a couple of the other guys, Marquise Pouncey, that are coming out and speaking on why they voted no, they're trying to protect that 53rd guy on the roster because realistically, all this money stuff, it's not really going to affect guys like Aaron Rodgers and Richard Sherman. They've made their money. They've established themselves yeah, in the league. Yeah, you heard what Pouncey said. He's like, we're looking after the young players. We actually exactly. care about the young players. Exactly. And honestly, that's actually a good message coming from a veteran because the honestly – there's some veterans who can be like, you know what, fine, sign it, go ahead. It'll happen. It doesn't affect me, but it's going to affect, like you said, the 53rd man or, or the new rookie that's coming in. Who's making only probably like $100,000 a year. Exactly. And, yes, that's a lot of money in the grand scheme of things, but in the NFL, that's nothing. Yeah, it's chump change to a person like Rodgers. And in the NFL, they don't have guaranteed contracts. Which sucks really bad because you go to – you go to a sport like baseball and basketball, you have guaranteed contracts. Yep. In the NBA, you're guaranteed a contract within the first round. They're, they give you a rookie contract. Jamal Murray signed a five-year, $170 million yeah. deal. He is getting all $170 million of that. 
You go to football, it's not guaranteed. Nope. You get injured, not guaranteed. No, and I mean, Aaron Rodgers said it in his statement. This deal affects past, present, and future players in the NFL. So I just, I think it's great that the owners voted yes on this and are trying to make sure that a lockout doesn't happen like it did, um, what was it, five, six years ago mm-hmm. when this current CBA was getting negotiated. And they still haven't gotten it done. I just, I can't see the players on Friday voting yes and approving this so that we don't experience all of this again in a year from now when it is crunch time and it is the 11th hour and they do need to get a deal done. Honestly, it would be really interesting to see what players vote yes. Like, I want to know what their reasons would be to vote yes. Now, a lot of them, are they going to be younger because they believe that they can make more money? Because I don't see any of the veterans voting yes on this. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't think... I don't think the... Especially the guys who've been in the league maybe for like four, five years. I don't think for sure they would not vote yes. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what happens because it might have been all all good as they say, but I don't think it's I think the owners and the players association are going to come to an impasse and it could get ugly. You've seen it across all sports too that it holds out, games get delayed, you know, and then they then they're both sides both sides can't agree on obviously a mutual agreement. Initially, I don't know where it's going to go. I really do not. I have no idea where where this is going to go. Do the players give in? Which I would hope they would not. That's why you have players associations to protect the players. Right. And I think with how many big names have come out, JJ Watt was another name that I saw. You might think maybe that has an impact to the younger players. That's what I'm saying. I think that it does have an impact to where the the players aren't going to vote yes on this. So we're just going to keep seeing these announcements of like, all right, the players are going to vote now. The players are going to vote now. The players are going to vote now. But I I honestly, I think it's going to get delayed. And I think we might eat into, hopefully we don't eat into the season. Well, this season, this season won't be affected because the collective bargaining agreement is in a, the current yeah, one is in effect until the end of next season. Yeah. But I just don't want it to have effect on any season. That's what I'm trying to say. No, I, completely I, agree. I don't want it to have an effect as far as preseason the or owners, the regular owners season. The owners don't want to see a lockout because that's mo- money coming out of their pockets. The players don't want to see a lockout because that means money is not coming into their pockets. Again, because it's not guaranteed, so you have to pay to play. Right. And that's, that's why Marquis Pouncey mentioned in that video it's like hey if any of you young guys during this next lockout need rent money let me know yeah i got you which is crazy you're hearing it from those kind of players so like like we just said maybe this persuades the the young players coming in in the draft the players who have been in there for two years three years maybe this changes their mind hey you know what these owners are making x amount of dollars yes you care about playing time you care about being the star of the team a go-to guy but you won't even have a career. <laughs> yeah. Like that like think about that. It's not guaranteed. Your career could be over like that. You get injured, you won't have that money guaranteed. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it a couple weeks ago or more than a couple weeks ago. The average NFL career is only like 3 years. It's very short. And and to think as a young player, again, this is why it might persuade them to vote no. As a young player, 
you get injured, again, not guaranteed money, your owner is still making money off of you. 100%. They're still selling, jersey sales. They're still selling your jersey in the team store. Yeah. So, I mean. They're going on without you. They they don't care, essentially. Again, what you said about Quinn Cook, sports is a is a business. First and foremost. These, these owners and these GMs, some of them do now have a little bit better relationships with players than others. But for the most part, these GMs and owners, they don't care. They're here to make money. It's a business. You are employees there. We're at a time in our lives where Tom Brady is potentially going to be playing for a different team. If that doesn't tell you anything about it's sports a bu- it's being a business, a business yeah. Yeah. Then, I, then I don't know what does. Exactly. Yeah, you, you have to see it as a business. You can't go in it with, with sentimental feelings. Oh, I thought I had a home here. No, 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 no. This team could trade you anytime they want. Doesn't matter what what the contract says. Doesn't matter how many more years you thought you had. You could be gone. Yeah. So I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out over the next year, because we, if if things don't get resolved quickly, I have a very strong feeling we are going to see another either lockout or uh, players go on strike. Which because a lock a lockout and a, and a strike are two very yeah, different yeah, things. They're different. A lockout is the owners not agreeing and locking the players out, saying you can't come to work because we don't want to. Yeah, we haven't agreed. Yeah, we, we haven't agreed on anything yet. Right. A strike is the players not showing up to work and giving the the middle finger to the owner, saying like, no, we don't think this is fair. We're not going to come to work, and that's what I think we're looking at in I, a year. I see. I see a strike happening. I don't see the, the owners. You already know what they want. They want this to go through. Yeah. They want everybody to vote yes on it. They've already voted yes on yeah. this. Well, well, of course, it benefits them. They're not going to vote no. Yeah, no. The The ball is in the player's court right now. Yeah, they have to make a move. That's why I agree with you. I don't think that there's going to be a lockout. There will be a strike, though. These players are not going to want to report to camp until this is settled. Yeah, I think if I don't, I think if they can't come to an agreement by the time the this next season is going to start in September or whenever, I think we're going to be looking at a lot of talk about a player strike all next season. Yeah, come 2021. Yeah, the current the current CBA yeah, expires yeah. in March of 2021. Yeah, come 2021, you'll hear more news about this for sure. Yeah. Because so, that's the season that's going to get eaten into. Yeah. So, all right, you got a shout-out before we get out of here? I don't. I'm already worked up over this, the, the bark. <laughs> no shout-out for me. Okay, well, I'm shouting out Vanessa Bryant for the strength she showed at the memorial for Kobe and Gianna on Monday morning. We didn't even know she was going to be there. I didn't think she was going to speak. I, when like, I, saw her, I, I didn't even know how she was going to be able to speak. That, I think that's what I'm trying to get at. She spoke for 21 minutes. And it was incredible to watch her strength and her poise as she talked about her soulmate and her daughter. The The whole memorial overall was very beautiful. It was really rough to watch, and I was crying the entire time. But there were so many beautiful memories and stories shared. The musical performances were unbelievable. Beyonce, Christina Aguilera, Alicia Keys. It, it was truly an unforgettable moment and a beautiful celebration of lives lost way too soon. So RIP Kobe Bryant, RIP Gianna Bryant. With that, that wraps up this episode of the TSK Show. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, 
or wherever you decide to listen to the TSK show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow all of us at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pachalki, and at Jacob Double underscore Gonzalez. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace.